0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. David, I know we said we were done until the lockout was over. No more material. We're going to take a break. Didn't last very long. No, it didn't.
1: Uh, <laughs> we took our little break. It was like two weeks, maybe. Um, but we're back. We're itching to talk baseball, and you know, our hope is that everyone um, everyone around us is itching to talk baseball too Because obviously not a lot of progress Has been made on the lockout But we're we're all still crazy baseball fans at heart Like this is what we want to do So we're going to find stuff to talk about We're rolling out some more content Hopefully we'll have some more episodes Between now and the start of the season um, But I mean Kevin, like in the same breath It's 2022, like baseball should be right around
0: the corner I mean we were talking about it Before we came on The uh, You know we turned the mic on uh, Opening days like off the top of my head, like seventy three days? Seventy two, it's not very far. Uh March thirty first. So and then if you think about it too, spring uh pitchers and catchers is like what five weeks away now. So they gotta get this lockout figured out because baseball is right around the corner.
1: Yeah, and last time I checked, they the two sides, the players union and the league they haven't met yet since the new year began. Of course. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. Um, yeah, no. but I'm I'm still silently optimistic. I just think, you know, there's there's so much money on the line. It's such and a bad the look, look for the game too. Like it's a horrible look for the game. I think I think there's nothing drastic that the two sides disagree on. It's just it's just the contract language, which is something you can genuinely figure out in, in a couple of days if you just sit down and do it. So I'm still silently optimistic um you know I think the league and the owners and the players like they all want to play they all want to make money they all want to be successful it's just a matter of getting everyone in the same room hashing it out for a couple hours and then walking away with, with with some level of compromise
0: Yeah and I mean man like let's get it going just so I I can't wait to be back in the ballpark man like you know April May uh Obviously, we have a big Eagles playoff game coming up this weekend, but it's just different, man. I don't know, like, just itching for the fill. So, uh, you know, let's get this lockout. Let's get it rolling. Let's figure out what new things are going to be in place, what's going to be taken away. Then let's figure out who's going to be part of the 2022 Phillies, because ultimately that's why we're here, David. Uh, They still have a lot of moves they need to make. It's going to be condensed once again. Uh you know, two years in a row last year by their own doing of kind of having a condensed off season by not hiring Dombrowski until right around this time. Uh, you know, we're all excited. You know, we're gonna have a full off season with Dave, he's gonna have a chance to build the roster. Uh and we get a work stoppage. So uh it's certainly not gonna be easy, but I mean, I'm not gonna have the same excuse prepared for Dave as I did last year you know I I said I wanted to have a full year I understand that there are in a stoppage now but he's been here a year now so hopefully you know we can get this over with and figure out who's going to be a piece of the puzzle this year because well let's face it man the Phillies could go two ways you know we could continue to flounder around in mediocrity I I mean I think that's very possibility they do have good enough players to at least hang around or maybe they can get the right pieces in here, David, and it can work. You know, and we can have a damn good baseball team. Like I think that possibility is also there.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's very much put up or shut up time for not just Dave Dombrowski, but John Middleton, um, yeah. you know, and, and the rest of the organization. Sam Sample the general manager. Like it's go time, and there's talent out there, man. Like it's it's a strong free agency class for what the Phillies need, and, and they've already locked up one need. With uh, the closer position, that's great. You know, we're happy that got taken care of before the lockout. But you look at the roster, specifically the lineup. Kevin, there's there's a number of holes that need to be filled. And you know, we've we've been talking about this for for months now. But there's no starting left fielder on the roster. There's no starting center fielder. We're not sure what they're doing at shortstop. We're not sure what they're doing at third base. We're not sure what they're doing at a designated hitter. Um, there's a lot of holes. The, the rotation you can make an argument needs some help. The bullpen could probably use another arm. There, there's a lot to do in a very short amount of time. Whenever the lockout does end, so I, I very much agree. It, it's all eyes are pointed at Dave Dombrowski. They're paying him a lot of money. He has a Hall of Fame resume. Like he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, um, yeah. But this is this might be one of his more challenging tasks, where it says, "All right, Dombrowski, take all your connections, take
0: all your experience, take all your skills, <laughs> go build a good baseball team." Yeah. Uh, The Phillies are just sticking really in that weird spot. Like, like we were saying, like it can go either way. So I know they just have so many holes. Like you didn't even mention backup catcher. Like you got to find a way to not have to play Real Muto 140 days again. They got that guy from Houston. Um,
1: Um, I think he's going to be—is it Garrett something? Garrett Stubbs. I think he's going to be the backup. Now I (laughs) don't—I don't know if he's—if he's a plus backup. I don't
0: know if he's going to be any good. But I, I do think they was a
1: backup.
0: Though. Yeah, I'd like him to get a good one, though. Career 182 hitter. I mean, uh, well, yeah, yeah, he might. He fits very, the mold. Andrew wow, he's 29 years old, too. Anything other than that, you know. Uh, but, yeah, what are they going to do with Brad Miller? Who's going to be that utility infielder? Because Torres isn't under contract anymore. Uh, like, what... Route are they going to go? I I mean, I know that's something we wanted to discuss, too. Like, what are they going to do? Like, there's so many different avenues they could take. They could spend big and hit on multiple uh, big-time players. Um, They could be conservative and, you know, and just, you know, try to fill the pieces where they can. It would be really interesting to see, especially when they're pressed for time, exactly what they're going to do. I will say this. I don't think they're going to be done. uh, You know, the lockout's going to happen, and it's going to happen in a week they're probably still going to be making moves after teams report. Like, I think this is going to unfortunately be one of those processes where we're not going to know this roster until right around opening day. And then from there, even then you don't know.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if if they're still making trades, you know, when, when the season begins, um, looking for external help and kind of the, the main topic we wanted to touch on here today when, when we're looking at who are they going to sign, what route are they going to go? Because, Up to this point, there's been a heavy sentiment amongst Phillies writers, Phillies reporters, national reporters that the Phillies are very in on Kyle Schwarber. You know, a lot of people have gone as far as to say that it's almost a done deal. He'll be signed once the lockout's over. They already have a contract in place, and I think that's great. And you know, me and Kevin, we've talked about this. We like Kyle Schwarber. He would undoubtedly fill a need on this baseball team. He can hit leadoff. He can hit cleanup. He fills a corner outfield position. Like, we're all in on Kyle Schwarber. He's a winner, uh, good good personality to put in the locker room, all good things. But I think kind of the, the follow-up question of that is, you know, what if, what if they don't get Kyle Schwarber? Like, what if he signs somewhere else? What if Boston comes over the top with more money? What if the Dodgers get involved and, and he wants to go to a more – uh, you know, more likely World Series contender in, in Los Angeles. You know, we, we threw up a post yesterday on, on our podcast Twitter account. Highly recommend everyone go give that uh, account a follow. It's at Bullpen Blues pod on Twitter and the Facebook page as well. Check out both of those links down in the description below. But we threw out a post kind of with a couple options. We wanted to flesh through those options. So, Kevin, the lockout ends. Kyle Schwaber instantly signs with San Diego, right? He signs somewhere else. Where where would you want the Phillies to go from there?
0: Um, well, that's easy if you've been following along for as long as you have with the show. You've been doing it since we started. My answer would always be Chris Bryant. That's where I would want them to the pivot. That's Honestly, that's probably who I would prefer anyway. Um, but I'd be perfectly happy if they do Lance Schwaber. I, I think he will help. Uh, but I would want on the pivot to Chris Bryant because I think the need for another premium bat is pressing. I think you can make an argument they need a big right-handed bat. Hopefully that can end up being Reese Hoskins. Once again, Philly's Twitter seems to have convinced themselves that he's going to have this massive season. Um, I don't believe it yet. We'll see. I think he'll have a good year. Uh, but I would like to see Chris Bryan here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, I just think he's the perfect kind of player that would just fit perfectly in this lineup It provides protection for Bryce Harper, which he did not have last season. I think in the second half, when he was on that ridiculous tear, I think uh, the remainder of the Phillies lineup had an OPS under 700 collectively. Like, like they, they need another guy here. So it's not just Bryce Harper and a bunch of guys, you know. So um, personally, I would say I would want them to pivot to Chris Bryant. Uh, is that realistic? I'm not entirely sure uh, if that's something that they seriously want to do. They've obviously been linked to the guy. Uh, he has that relationship with Bryce Harper. But I don't know, man. Like, that's where my uh, in, my initial thought process goes to. Uh, I'd love Trevor's story as well. Man, me and you had talked behind closed doors about Cody Bellinger being a possibility. The Phillies would try to swoop in and make a deal for him. Uh, news, news broke that he signed a one-year deal uh, with the Dodgers to avoid arbitration. So um that's obviously not going to happen but uh in terms of wh- where my initial pivot would go it it's easy for me i, I would i would try to go for chris Bryan. he gives you that versatility uh you can play left He can play the corners um i'm not banking on him playing center field like a lot of people seem to be convinced you know that's you know, that's a route the phillies could go that would be the worst defensive team you know in the history of baseball maybe if you got him in center maybe you got Schwarber in left you know what i mean uh, so I'm not sure, but I, I would say Chris Bryant uh, to to wrap up my answer.
1: Yeah, no, and I, and I agree. And I wish, you know, if, if we're being brutally honest, Kevin, I like Kyle Schwarber. I like Chris Bryant a whole lot more. Um, I wish that they had expressed a little more interest in the Chris Bryant thing prior to the lockout. I think his bat's just as good as Schwarber, um, and his defense is a lot, lot better. Um, you know, having him in left field versus Schwarber in left field is, is a noticeable difference. So I agree. If Schwarber signs elsewhere and Chris Bryant's on the market, you gotta pivot and you gotta get Bryce yeah. Harper and you gotta I think get him on the front. Line. Much higher.
0: I think his ceiling's higher, I think his floor's higher.
1: Yeah, I mean Kevin, he's he's won an MVP. His ceiling, yeah. his ceiling is so, very high.
0: Yeah. Um so I'm with you, man. You know, <laughs> like that's where my initial thought goes. Yeah, um, and then kind of kind of
1: fleshing out the the other possibilities. You know, you look in the corner outfield market. Nick Castellanos is the other big name, and I haven't personally seen the Phillies connected to him a lot. I think a lot of people jumped at the idea that Dave Dombrowski would push hard for him because, believe it or not, Dombrowski was actually in Detroit when Detroit drafted Nick Castellanos. So there's a very very direct link between the two. But based on reports, and this could obviously change post-lockout, Nick Castellanos is asking for a bag. I saw seven, eight years is what his asking price was, which, look, I get it. He's looking to cash out. He's a premium – bat. there will be teams who will likely push up towards seven, to eight years to, to bring him in. I don't know if the Phillies are that team considering kind of how short their window is. You know, you look at their roster, they got three, four, maybe five years left of, of elite play from their their core guys being JT Bryce, Zach Wheeler, and Aaron Nola, if you want to put him into that mix. Um, I don't know if you really want to kind of bunker yourselves down to another, you know, near decade-long contract in, in Nick Castellanos.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm also not as sold on him as a lot of people are. I understand what he has done, uh, what he just did this past season, and uh, what he was able to do in 19 when he got traded to the Cubs, but I don't think his ceiling is nearly as high as Chris Bryant's. Um, And personally, who do I believe in more long-term? I I think Schwarber is a better fit for the Phillies. And I know I just mentioned the right-handed bat, but I think Schwarber's power is legitimate. Like, that's a guy legitimately who's going to hit you 35 homers. I know Castellanos just hit 34 in Cincinnati. Is it doable again? I don't know. Um, we, we discussed yesterday as well. I'd have to find it, but I, I did read a piece as well discussing how his bat speed has been declined in each season. That's, that's an alarming thing to, you know, hitch another $150, $200 million to. So, uh, look, if they sign Nick Casianos, okay, you know, like I'm in. But he's certainly not my first or second choice. Um, I think that's the kind of deal that a team's going to look back on and be like, damn. Yeah, we kind of fumbled the bag a little bit. Could be, could be wrong though.
1: No, you, you bring up very good points, and I think the other thing to consider—Dave Dombrowski spoke about this in in detail during his end of the year press conference—was the need to bring in guys who've been there and done it before. Yeah, and they've already gotten off to a good start with uh, Knubel. Granted, he didn't win a World Series, but he pitched in some high leverage spots for the Dodgers this past year. Yeah, like former All Star. Yeah. Former All Star, one of the better closers in the game at one point with with Milwaukee. But if they get to the postseason this year, if the Phillies get to the postseason, and they need someone to take down innings in a, in a big spot, Corey can do it, and we know he can do it because he's done it. There's there's a track record. Schwarber, he's won a championship. He was a big piece on Boston's playoff run this past year. Okay, Chris Bryant, MVP, has won a championship. Like these are all guys. You're kind of seeing the theme here. These are all guys who've been there and they've done it before. Castellanos, he hasn't. He's been a very, very good player. Yeah, he has not won a championship. Um, and I think that's that's kind of important to to note when you're when you're comparing the options, especially when all, all three of these players—Schwarber, Cassiano's, uh, Chris Bryant—they're all very similar in terms of production over the last couple of years. Um, but there's there's definitely kind of an, an added bonus with Schwarber and Bryant, where those are guys who they've, they've won a World Series. They've done it at the highest level possible.
0: Yeah, and I mean, all right, if you go look at 2016 through 19 for Castiano, so this is between his time with the Tigers and then when he got traded to the Cubs. Uh, it's a four-year stretch. He averaged 24 homers, 80 ribbies, you know, 840 OPS. Like, David, damn good numbers. I don't know if I'd classify them as elite. You know, is he a one-year wonder this past season? Uh, you know, that possibility is there. So, um, I mean, they, they're going to have to think long and hard. I mean, Hey, this is why we don't make these decisions. This is why they, they're, you know, we have baseball guys in place that are, that are prepared to make this type of decision. Personally, it's not somebody that I would look to hitch my wagon to. So, uh, but I'll tell you this, like I said, if they sign them, I'm rooting for them, you know, head over heels. I want them to be the best player you can be. So don't, don't take my, uh, my rebuttal as you know you know screw this guy yeah uh, it's just not my preferred option and you heard it here first kevin
1: dixon hates nick castellanos <laughs> he takes that to the bank um no all, all very good points and i kind of want to shift now to, to the other guy that you brought up uh trevor story yeah. um it was a little bit different than the other options because he plays shortstop another big bat another big right-handed bat very good defender um, I really, really like Trevor Story. I like Trevor Story a lot. And I'm encouraged that he's still on the market as kind of a, a safety valve because I know the Phillies have been connected to him before. They were connected to him at this past trade deadline. I know they contacted him, I believe, before the lockout. Don't fact check me on that one. Um, but with Trevor Story, you know, the obvious difference is he's not a corner outfielder. He's a shortstop. And if you go in that direction, because, again, a very similar uh, production level compared to the other guys we've talked about in terms of his his offensive production, and he's he's probably the best defender. Um, I think he's easily. definitely the best defender. Yeah, he's one yeah. one of the better defensive uh, infielders in the game right now. Lot to love about Trevor Story. I think the only issue there is you sign him, and Kevin. Now you're looking at three shortstops on the roster between DD Gregorius, uh, Bryce and Stott, who I think we're all assuming will be on the MLB roster this year. Um, tore it up in the minor leagues this year and tore it up in the fall league. Um, and then Trevor Story. So is that a route you want to go when your your middle infield already projected to be a little bit crowded, um, especially with them signaling they want to keep Alec Bowman at third base, which I think you and I don't necessarily agree with. But if that's the route they want to go, you know, let's say you go sign Trevor Story. What do you do with the rest of the infield? Is that the best allocation of resources when you currently are missing two-thirds of an outfield?
0: Yeah, I think another thing that you know it always is there when you sign a Colorado Rocky is their splits as well away from there. Uh, his splits are drastic, drastic home road splits. Uh, you know, in in Coors Field, which a lot of hitters do, he rakes nine seventy two OPS. You know, you get him outside, it's pretty even. He's played three seventy five games at home, three seventy on the road. Uh, he has 20 less doubles at on the road, uh, 27 less homers, 100 less RVIs. His batting average is 70 points lower. OP on base is 70 points lower. Slugging's 140 points lower. Uh, that OPS is 220 points lower than than what he does at home. Uh, but then you can rebuttal that because Philadelphia is a, a hit in ballpark. Uh, he's hit very well with Citizens Bank Park and in the in the limited time that he's been there with his is 953 OPS. So it's not Coors Field, but, you know, you can certainly make the argument that he's still set up for success offensively in Philadelphia. Um, but I do think that that's something that always needs to be considered when you're signing a Colorado Rocky uh, is, you know, how drastic are those numbers? How different are they going to be when you pull him out of half of his games are being played in Coors Field, which is, you know, the you know, most hitter-friendly park in baseball.
1: Yeah, it's a very good point. I think my only reason you know kind of kind of to pause at that logic is Nolan Arenado. Because a lot of people thought he would he would struggle and he didn't. It was very yeah, good I'm for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, It's Trevor there Story, though. Like the possibility is there. It, it's definitely there and you know, you made, you made a good point where CBP is a very hitters friendly park. It's a short short porch out in left field. Trevor Story could do do a lot of damage out there. Uh, yeah. But with that said, it's not Colorado. Uh, it's yeah. definitely not Colorado. Um, you know, so would the Phillies go in that direction, considering the kind of log jam at shortstop? We're not sure if they're going to stop or DD, if they're going to platoon. Um, and then kind of, you know, that that little silent worry in the background of, is this going to be a guy that we sign? And then halfway through the season, we're not getting the production that that we thought we would be getting.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'd be happy with Trevor Story. Uh, I just think that possibility is always there. Um, because, you know, like you said, you're not signing a guy like this to a one-year deal. Although, hey, if they can convince him to take a one-year deal like Marcus Simeon did this past year, um, sign me the hell up. I'm, I'm all in at that point. Because then if it doesn't work, you just move on from him next year. Uh, but more likely than not, you're going to sign a multi-year deal here. So, it, hey, man. You know, this is why the Phillies have been stuck where they are. They haven't been able to really hit on these moves. Like, you know, you got to choose the right player. You know, they, besides Bryce Harper, but you know, they they signed McCutcheon to that big deal. Um, Didi Gregorius got a they had a nice contract from well, that hasn't worked. David Robertson gets hurt. I mean, it, you know, the Phillies just haven't been able to make these correct decisions. So. Um, it's important, man, uh, and we've been talking about it for over a year now. Like, this is an important offseason for the Phillies, especially when, you know, you got the reigning MVP, number two finish Cy Young, uh, vote getter on your team, and you won 82 ball games. So it's it's a big offseason, man. They, they, they've they got to hit the, on these moves. They've got to.
1: No, absolutely. And we have been talking about this for, for close to a year where the Phillies – the last couple of years, they've actually done very well with their top end signings. You look yeah. at Bryce Harper, even just their top end kind of acquisitions. Bryce Harper, obviously a good signing. Zach Wheeler, a very good signing. Trading for JT and extending JT. I know a lot of people soured on him this past year. Statistically, very good move. Even trading for Gene Segura, pretty darn good move considering how. Wait a minute wait, a minute. wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is this? <laughs> I've been hard on Gene, but he is. <laughs> He's a very good second baseman. Um, <laughs> still, still a good move. <laughs> still still a good move, all things considered. Kevin's having a meltdown. Oh, but man. it's it, it's the complimentary moves that have been problematic. The McCutcheon deal, the David Robertson deal, um, you know, even if you want to go a step further, the Duble Herrera and Scott Kingry extensions, the D.D. Gregorius move, like Jay these are the <laughs> Jake Arietta. These are the moves that, that have really killed the Phillies the last couple of years. And now they're in this position where a lot of this money is now off the books. Madoobla's contract's gone. McCutcheon's contract's gone. Jake Arietta's contract is long gone. You have an opportunity to reinvest this money, and you have a plethora of choices. I mean, we're, we're scrolling through the names, and there's more names. a Suzuki's out there. Michael Conforto's out there. There's pitching that we haven't talked about all offseason, but if they wanted to go that route, they could reinvest in the pitching, which I'm always a big supporter of. They, they could definitely yeah. do some more pitching in this ball club. So now again, the pressure turns back to Nembrowski. it turns back to Sam Fold, it turns back to all these guys where it says, all right, you have all these choices, you have all these options. You have the MVP, you have the second best pitcher in the National League. Go get the right pieces to help yeah. these guys get to the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, uh, I know Philly Twitter is not going to agree, but you know, subtracting McCutcheon from this roster is going to be huge in itself, David. Just absolutely huge. Yeah.
1: Um, look, he, he had his moments against gonna uh, fire little, me in this sun, bro. Yeah, they're not cool. going to like that. He, he had his moments against left-handed pitching, and he hit some bombs. And Punk. we like that. That's good. But other than that, for what they were he, paying him,
0: nah, 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 yeah, not – He was horrendous. Not good They thought he was the man. He was just, just not good. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin doesn't like Andrew McCutcheon, but that's
1: he that's stole.
0: Kevin. He stole fifty million dollars from the Phillies. <laughs> he like, stole. He did. Like he stunk. And then I think what drives me most nuts is people would just fall head over heels for him, and it's like, why? He's annoying. Like he drops a fly ball on a huge game. He's just out there laughing. Yeah, having a good time. I think that's honestly what drove me. Past the point of being like, dude, screw this, dude. And, he
1: and dropped that been, been, I remember
0: just he's out there just giggling. I'm like, seriously, bro? It would have been one thing if it was a
1: one-off incident and he was a good fielder. But the problem was that his defense had cost the team a dozen runs up to that point, and he was still kind of giggling about it, which yeah, I agree, that that frustrated me because oh his defense God, dude, was a problem all year, um, and he still kind of didn't seem to grasp the fact that it was a problem and that it was costing his team wins. And when you have a veteran who's who's been around, like, I mean, McCutch he's been around for a long time. He's he's played this yeah. game at a very high level before. Former All-Star, former MVP, like very good baseball player. And for him to not kind of grasp mm-hmm. that he wasn't doing the little things correctly on defense, you know, I feel like, I feel like that's infectious because then the rest of the team's looking at – they're looking at Cutch for leadership. And he's giggling. He's laughing. He doesn't care they're losing. So what? what why would they care? You know, I, I think that's – that's why so- Dombrowski has put such a big emphasis on bringing in winners because I don't think Kyle Schwarber would stand for that. I don't think yeah. Chris Bryant would stand for that. I don't think these guys are are in the business of laughing and joking around on an eighty win baseball team. They want to win ninety games. They want to win a hundred games. They want to go win a World Series. That that's what they're playing the game for.
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, just as like a competitor, like myself, like someone who wants to win, pretty much everything he does. You know, I I, I don't like to lose, so. Just seeing that, it was kind of just like, like, look, I get it. He was probably embarrassed. You know, it's probably not a great moment for him, but like, hey, man, it speaks volumes, in my opinion. And it was just part of that mentality that ball, this ball club's had for the last couple of years, where it's like, eh, yeah, you know. Where it's like, now, man, like, we need killers, man. We need someone who's going to, I don't know. Like, if someone would have called him out, you know, internally, not, you know, obviously in the media we don't need that but like i need some fire man you know so like i, I don't know like like you said like i i can't imagine um, <laughs> i just can't imagine a guy from a winning ball club doing something like that and i think it says a lot that andrew mccutcheon never advanced past the first round so i don't know kevin dixon laying down the law on
1: andrew mccutcheon <laughs> he's not a not a fan um, but yeah, I, I don't expect him to be back in Phillies. So that's okay. We're moving nah, on. To, yeah, no, no way. Yeah, moving no on way. to bigger and better things in left field. Uh, Kevin, kind of just to wrap up this conversation. You know, we talked about Castellanos, Schwarber, Bryant, Trevor Story. Are there any other names on either sides of the ball that you think the Phillies could uh, could pivot to if if the Schwarber thing doesn't work out?
0: Uh, looking down the road, uh, I got some pushback on Twitter yesterday about this. I know we talked about it. I'm all in on Brandon Nimmo, the Philadelphia Phillies, next offseason. I'm all in, David. Uh, I don't understand why people dislike him so much in terms of baseball because he sprints to first base after a walk. I mean, I honestly don't care about that at all. He's a good, very good baseball player. Uh, I think I sent you the numbers yesterday. Uh, career three ninety three on base one thirty one plus one thirty one ops plus, which if you're not aware, hundred is league average. So he's thirty one percent better than uh, an average baseball player at the plate. Uh, three point two WAR in ninety two games this past year. Like this, this guy is good. He just changed. He just changed agents to Scott Boris, which I think bodes well for the Phillies uh, having Bryce Harper already on the roster as a Boris eight uh, client. Same with I think Zach Wheeler as well, right? Is, is he Scott Boris as well? I can figure that out for you. I, I think he might be. Um, but either way, uh, I'm all in on that. I know a lot of people aren't. I think Brandon Nimmo would be uh, not only a fan favorite here, because I think people would love that he sprints to first. I think people hate it because he's a Met. If he was on the Phillies. I think Philly fans would love that. Um, and he's just a great player. Like he really is. So that's where that's where my focus is right now, David. Um in terms of what they're going to do this offseason, season, I, you know, it's it's hard to say at the moment. I I definitely want to see them come back from this lockdown and we can get the ball rolling a little bit. But I don't know. You know, you know, they can go a lot of different routes here um i just looked it up zach wheeler is represented by jet
1: sports management so he's not a okay. boris client North but boris your point still stands with Nimo, and yeah a lot of people don't like him because he's a met because he sprints <laughs> to first he's a little goofy but he's very he's good. good he's a very <laughs> he's good, good lead off hitter he draws a lot of walks um and he can hit like he, he can, can actually hit. hit the baseball too so he's a very rangy center fielder um he's everything the phillies need in a center fielder so i agree um in 2020 uh 2023, I guess at this point next off season, um, yeah, bring them to Philly. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm down stealing stealing guys from the Mets has worked thus far uh, with the Zach Wheeler deal. We're all very happy with
0: him, so I'm I'm fully on board that uh, that train. Yeah, so I mean, hey, dude, we'll see. I, I know a lot of people don't love that idea, but I mean, I I want good baseball players on the team. Uh, you know, are they former Mets? I don't care. You know, can they play? That's that's all I'm worried about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody thought the uh, city of Philadelphia would be worshiping Bryce Harper if you rewind back to twenty twenty or twenty twelve you know. when he did, when he debuted yeah. in Washington. And we were we were throwing at him and booing him and yep. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's funny how that works. I'm all I'm all on board with good baseball players. So let's let's do that. Kevin, is there any uh, any kind of lasting topics you wanted to touch on um, before we wrap up here today?
0: No, nah, it's good to hop on the mic with you, man. Uh, we were able to kill a half hour, so. Uh, that's where I wanted to get to, it was around a half hour. So, uh, just good to hop on. And like I said in the beginning, I know we said we were done for a while. I think we ended up taking like two weeks off. Um, but it was good to hop back on and just, you know, talk some baseball because, you know, ultimately it's hopefully coming up, you know, right around the corner. So,
1: yeah, and we, we have more content coming your ways. Like I said, we want to we wanna kind of check on through this lockout because I know everyone kind of stopped posting. There was nothing out there. So we figured if there's someone to uh, get the train rolling again, why not the, uh, the Bullpen Blues podcast? Um, if you're not already following us on Twitter, make sure you do that because we are dropping a new giveaway later this afternoon. Yep. I'm not going to say what it is, but we are dropping another giveaway. So make sure you're following us on Twitter. Again, that's at Bullpen Blues Pod on Twitter check out the Facebook page as well. Uh, That's facebook.com slash full blues podcast. We post the episodes. We post content there as well. Um, And stay tuned. Like I said, busy, uh, busy couple of months planned ahead uh, before the, before the season kicks off. We're gonna have more content, more episodes, more giveaways. So
0: definitely stick around. Yeah, man. And uh, you know, I can't wait, David. I can't wait till we can get, get back to just get this lockout behind us. We can figure out who's on the team and, I can get back to driving you nuts in April, May, and June when I say, ah, it's early. You know, it's early. They just got to figure it out. You know, we're just got to hang in it. I can't wait to drive you nuts with that again. Looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you noticed that late in the year, my obviously my tone changed. Tone changed. At least early I was on that wave. I was on that wave yeah. the whole time. Early uh, in the season, man. Come on. I can't wait to drive you nuts with that.
1: Very excited for baseball. I can't wait. Um, all If everything goes according to plan and they start on time, I will be down in Houston for the, uh, for the yes. opening series. For the
0: Hector Neris
1: re- uh, reunion. Yeah, Hector Nearest is going to give up a tank to Kyle Schwarber to uh, walk it off in the night. He's going to so. be
0: like a roll-age reliever of the year or something this year. Yeah, he's going to be something. Um, <laughs> watch.
1: With that said, again, just another reminder, make sure you follow us on Twitter. That giveaway will be dropped in a couple hours later today. Yeah. Um, with that said, we are the Bullpen Blues Podcast, and we will catch on a little bit. Go Fills. Go Phils! <laughs>